Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap pod for this week's Players Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter, KP. I'm stoked. I know you're stoked. Yeah, today was today was awesome. Uh, we thought it would be, and <laughs> I feel like like golf is not. Um, it's a pretty tame, benign sport. And then you throw like 150 guys out there in a big tournament. And it's like just insane stuff happens all day. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel that? Like, does that, is that the sense that you get from watching this stuff all the time? I felt today was chaotic, like particularly chaotic. And that comes from, you know, we watch Jordan Spieth all the time. So we know chaos, <laughs> but like, but you're, you're right. The size of the field, like uh, the 154 guys off split tees from literally my time, three 30 this morning until three 30 at night. Like it, it, it's chaotic. And then to see guys struggling to see the course play as hard as it did. Like, yeah, th- I, I'm almost exhausted from watching golf today. Well, and, and we were up early, we were yelling at each other at like four, 4 a.m. your time about Victor Hovland getting a drop on 11. That was, I mean, that was nonsense. Like that was just, and not on, I'm not, that's not, no, I, I'm saying that as if it's against Hovland, the rules official, whatever was going on there was, was insane. And he almost got like a really kind of bad deal. And then he, got, and then he got a penalty later on, which I guess we can, there's, how are we going to keep this 15 minutes? We, we could go like an hour just on hobbling stuff. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll do our best, but uh, uh, producer Jacob, don't get your hopes up. Let's jump into this. But before <laughs> before we do, it is March, and you've know we got bracket games coming for you, and you can create a pool to compete against your friends or fill out your bracket for a chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. You can play on the CBS Sports app or at cbssports.com/brackets. We also have a group. It's our podcast group. It's called the official first cut podcast bracket game. A link is in the description. And while our legal team tells me we cannot give away prizes, if your username happens to match your Twitter handle and we happen to reach out to you, if you win, that might be a good idea. So take that for what it's worth. And take this, the players championship round one, almost in the books. We've got a couple of, I don't want to say a couple. We got some guys out there who have some holes to play. They have now suspended due to darkness. They probably have 45 minutes or an hour on Saturday morning to complete round number one. But let's talk about Sawgrass at the top here, KP. It's playing tough. It is currently on pace for around a 74 scoring average, which would be the most difficult opening round at TPC Sawgrass since 2007. And I think a lot of it comes from... I guess they're talking about these new greens, greens that have been redone recently. 17 looks like a trampoline out there when a ball lands on it. Yeah, it does. It was, did you hear what JT said about that or see what he said about it? I don't think I did. So he said that, so what was weird was that uh, Sergio was talking about how, so Sergio shoots 65 and he's talking about how 
soft but fast the greens were, which I thought was really interesting because you always hear fast and firm or uh, soft and slow. You don't hear soft but mm. also fast. And JT said, yeah, yes, I agree. But 17 was not soft. Like it was very different than the other 17 greens on the course, which he was like, he said something like, and we, we know why that is the pin on 17 was sick. Mm -hmm. It was, it was great. Like, and we'll get to Bryson here in a little bit, but some of the shots onto that back shelf, it was, I don't know. I I thought it was, I'm not a huge 17 fan. I think it's, generally overrated but i thought on on thursday i thought it was pretty awesome yeah and there was a, if if i think the r- wind was going right to left and if essentially if you got anything turning over in that wind direction even if you landed it on the green even if you got a couple hops on the green it wasn't staying on there i i, I stopped counting or keeping track of how many balls were going in the water because we saw some ugly ones we saw kevin na uh make an eight he subsequently withdrew benny on took an 11 and then tagged himself in a meme did you see this kyle T- tagged yeah, himself ben- in a meme <laughs> benny benny on is great low-key like the best PGA tour guy on Twitter. He's unbelievable, but it's Sergio Garcia. I guess with his eyes closed, shooting a 65, a seven under in round number one, he's currently two shots clear of his next closest chaser. That's Brian Harmon. And Sergio does it with a flurry at the finish line. He finishes seven, eight and nine. Those are his last three holes of the day. Birdie, birdie, Eagle to go with another eagle that he had earlier in the round. This was uh, very good from Sergio on Thursday. Yeah, it was. And, you know, this is, I think Justin Ray had the stat, 16 straight cuts made here uh, for Sergio. Obviously, he's won here before. And, you know, coming into this, I, I had him in one of my bets. I think it was like a top 20 or something. And the reason I did, I, I always go to, to, I always look at like, okay, who are the guys that are just hitting the ball well, especially at a place like this. And I, I didn't know if it would play as, as difficult as it did. I hope that it would based on some of the, you know, sort of bets that I was looking at because they were, they were based on guys that are hitting the ball well. Sergio has been top six in the world from T to green in 2021, which I didn't realize. Like I, I saw that number and I was like, oh. Sergio, you know, I, I knew he'd been playing better, but he's hitting the ball or he, he was hitting the ball really well coming in. And then he did so again on Thursday and he, and he made a bunch of, I mean, he, he putted, I mean, his putting was unbelievable. It was, it was sort of the Eagle he made on his last hole, the ninth on, on the course was kind of emblematic of his day, right? Like he, he hits a great approach uh for for a second shot into a par 5 then he hits a bomb to make for for this for his second eagle of the round so it was awesome do you do you trust him at the top that was the thing i was thinking about as the day kind of wore on like going into friday do you trust sergio to kind of stay at the top of this board interesting um I trust him for a while. I would love to see him get to 17 on Sunday with like a one shot lead and just like, let's watch that unfold and see what happens. But I think, I think the ball striking and we've talked about this before, like the three and a, you know, over three and a half strokes that he gained on Thursday KP on the putting greens, like those don't really go away. He's kind of built himself in a little cushion here. He mm-hmm. is a great ball striker. If he continues to just do that over the course of the next three days, he has staying power. Even if he puts to, you know, if he loses a half a stroke, around over the next three rounds like Sergio is probably still going to be in this thing so that's why I think he has the staying power over some of these other guys that we might say yeah yeah I, th- I think I do trust him which is weird to say about somebody who's has like one win on the PGA <laughs> tour in the last 
well, he won the Sanderson. What, when did he win before that? The Masters. Like, the Masters. Right? Yeah. So was that so the seven, previous one? Yeah. So he has one win in the last four years, and I'm sitting here saying, "Man, I really, I really trust him a lot." And it's Sergio. So I don't know. Maybe I'm the moron, but I just I feel like he's the kind of guy that you get him into a, a, a space that's comfortable for him. And for whatever reason, Sawgrass is comfortable for him. And it just, it, he just remembers how to do it, you know? And so I, I think he's going to be in it. I don't know if he's going to win. I think he's, I think he's in until the end. He is indeed on your betting card. You have him in a top 20 at three to one. So, so far so good through round number one, uh, Colin Morikawa. Doing Colin Morikawa things, which is him gaining three strokes on approach, one of the best ball strikers of the day, and losing another two and a half on the greens. And KP, uh, I didn't even know what the number said. I watched every single shot that he hit on Thursday. He was not even close on the putting greens. This is this is that inconsistency. The reason that he tries out the new saw grip. The reason the you know the first week he uses that grip, he's absolutely terrible. The second week he uses it, he wins the WGC Workday, and here we go again. It just seems like he's very inconsistent at the moment with that flat stick. Yeah, which. I think I'm okay with actually, because I think that that inconsistent, we talked about this with Finau, like that inconsistency can lead to wins because when you're hot in a week, it's, you know, producer Jacob put it in the rundown. It's Vince Carter gift for, for, uh, for Colin Marcotta. Somebody said this on Twitter. They said, uh, you think, do you think Colin Marcotta ever gets tired of hitting these like three foot cut shots to like exactly where he wants to hit them on every single green? I mean, his iron play on, on Thursday was, it was a show and I can't, you kind of felt like it would be because he played well here in the first round last year. Obviously he's a great iron player, but it was, it was pretty cool to watch. It was like the opposite of the putting. You want to talk, so we're going to, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about guys. We like to make a move over the course of the next three days. How about Colin Morikawa? Who yeah. he's, he's one under, he lost two and a half strokes putting. He was in the middle of, of the fairway on, I think it was 15 and dunks it in the water on his, on his second a, shot. That was a, weird shot it was it was terrible it's like the worst shot he's but, hit all but like, here but here's in a long time yeah it was for sure but here's the thing this is why we always go back to the bryson stuff because bryson's uh 50 yards ahead of him right and he's hitting nine iron in and morka was hitting what was that a five wood mm-hmm. something like that in into into the green there now he hit an awful shot but just the 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 margin for error like that, that the distance can provide you. It it's not massive, but you start adding it up over time, and it's meaningful. I mean, Morikawa has to be that good with his irons from distance, with five wood, three wood, whatever, just to kind of keep up with where Bryson's at. And that, that's I'm oversimplifying that, but I was thinking about that as as you kind of watch them on on sixteen there. Yeah, and it was 16, uh, not 15, as I mentioned. Yeah. It's the par 5, 16th hole. Uh, Bryson yeah. DeChambeau, speaking of him, it's an opening round 69, which now marks his eighth consecutive round of par or better since he shot that opening 77 two weeks ago at the concession. And uh, yeah, the, you're, there were there were times, specifically right there, that driver nine iron, which Bryson made us all aware of. That's how he got, got home in a par 5. Like, that's the advantage. That's what he has been building to. It's what we've seen rear its head uh, at times and, and, and make him look like he's like he's not human and he's playing a different game than everybody else. And here he is again in contention of not a major championship, but a major championship with a small M. 
Uh, real quick on that, we we ha- we can't keep doing the nine iron thing. We have to. Somebody brought this up to me a couple months ago, and I did. I just ignored it at the time, but it was, and so I don't remember who it was. It's a great point, though. We got to do degrees of of loft. Correct. Right. Like yeah, you could, he could have nine, his nine iron, iron on what. Yeah, yeah whatever you want. Down. Yeah, so that that gets a little old. Anyway, uh, so Bryson uh, Solly over at No Line Up pointed this out, and and as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is true. The shot he hit on seventeen, so right after he had nine iron into sixteen, he hits this shot on seventeen that he kind of stands up, uh, like back left. That pick that pin was back middle, and I was I was I was preparing jokes for like Bryson hitting it forty yards past the green on seventeen, right? Like because he gets up there and you're like. It just feels like he wants to hit it as far as he can, no matter where the pin is. But he stood up this wedge, I presume, on 17 to the back left, gave himself a 12-footer for birdie, which he made. And you're like, man, that's freaking impressive, right? Like, it's the driver stuff, I'll say it a million times, it gives you room for error. But to be able to putt like he's been putting, which was talked about all of last week, but also hit some of the wedges that he hits – that's unusual, and that's why he's a top. That's why he's a top five player in the world, and Kyle Berkshire is is not right. Like that. That's that is. It's a meaningful thing that how good he is up and down the bag, and and he's been like that forever. Like he's been that way for the last fifteen years through amateur golf, through uh, NCAA's, winning the USAM, all these different things. So that to me, like. Yes, the driver stuff is impressive. He he actually wasn't that great with driver on Thursday. Um, I mean, in he terms was, of, of he was no Jordan Spieth, Kyle. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. But to to kind of to to tie it off on on Bryson, like iron play was super impressive, and that that's how you're going to win a player's championship. Uh, you know, I'm 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 joking about the Spieth stuff, but but listen, I, I'm I'm not lying. I, what I'm about to say is factually true. Jordan Spieth led the field in strokes gained off the tee on Thursday, two point one. It's his best single round. I dug through the database since the 2019 Open Championship round two, so it's been quite some time. Uh, obviously, good things coming for Jordan Spieth. He's two under. He's in a tie for 11th at the moment. Man, it looked easy too, right? Like every driver he hit, I was like, oh, no. It was just, I mean, it wasn't even, he would hit it, pick up his tee, hit it, pick up his tee. It was just so fast. And you're like, what? wait, wait a second. Like this is, this is different than I've been watching for the last five years. We've got, uh, maybe not five years, maybe three years. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, we got uh, Data Golf's Strokes Hand Off the Tee page pulled up and it wasn't even close, Rick. He dusted Paul Casey, Russell Knox. He was four and a half strokes better off the tee than Rory. So if you're if you're Man. interested in stocking up on canned goods with the apocalypse upon us, that's that's a <laughs> that's a pretty good indication. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was he was awesome off the tee, and you know I I didn't I didn't see this coming at all from Spieth either last week or this week. What what are, what are your thoughts? Because I talk about Spieth all the time. I want to hear what you have to say about just even last week leading into what he did on Thursday. 
No, I'm 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 a pretty big believer at this point. You know, when when the iron play comes around, uh, because I I went back and looked. When we we talk a lot about those 14 of his last 16 rounds he gains on approach, and I went back to look, and I was I was like, how often is he doing something like that? How you know has he has he in the last three and a half years found 16 rounds, fr- found four weeks where he has struck the ball like this? And and the short answer is no, he hasn't. No. So like that that right there is like okay. Great. That's that's awesome. And then we're just starting to see at least these incremental improvements with the driver, which we all know is the is the worst part. It's like, okay, well, he's still losing strokes, but at least he's hitting more fairways or he's got a one way miss. These things that sometimes they show up in the stat sheet, Kyle, and sometimes they don't. And then now to see and and the 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 thing I keep going back to is speed. The biggest thing is the swag. And I know that I don't have a yeah. stat for it. And I know I don't, I can't put it in a model and I can't look at it. But like when he gets going, you can't stop him. And that's the scary part. And he's feeling it again. So I'm, I'm, I'm big on, like, I'm very, very bullish on where he's headed moving forward. I thought producer Jacob said it best. He did a little preview for us on the editorial side. He wrote a little bit. Producer Jacob, multi, Jacob. uh, five to a player. Um, and he said that uh, Rory got lost in the woods while trying to find Jordan Speed. <laughs> <laughs> but That's it's really good, like, producer Jacob. I thought it was great. I was like, "Wow, you should just take over for me, maybe." But I, I thought that I think you're right. Like you watch Speed, and it just feels he doesn't look like the lost boy anymore. You know, like he was like you, you felt, like as bad as you can feel for somebody who's making I don't know thirty million dollars a year, or whatever the number is who's won three majors, who's 27, who can do whatever he wants. Like, I, you felt bad for him because he just has to – they roll him out there every week and it's like this, you know, song and dance and it's not pretty. Um, so it, it has been – the last month has been cool and I was thinking about this. What better culmination to the first quarter of 2021? Like, it's been the through line. Like, everything else has revolved around Spieth at Phoenix, Spieth at Pebble, all these different things. He hasn't won – but everything else is revolved around it. What better cap to this first quarter than him winning the Players Championship? I also think it'll be awesome for when he when he does eventually win again. Um, if it was this, if it was a Players Championship, if, if it was the Masters, not not yeah. if it was. No offense to the Valero Texas Open or whatever, but like <laughs> just go out and win a biggie, and and we can just shut everybody up, and it'll be a lot of fun. Like that. Well, and yep, for sure. And Trevor Elliman, brother of friend or brother of uh of mark i don't know how i want to say that mark yeah tre- yeah trevor i know trevor is mark's brother um he called it he said on twitter last week speech one in the players i was like come on dude like he plays terrible there it's not it's not great for him there's water on 16 holes or, or 17 holes or whatever it is but like even think about the, the that line he took on 18 like, oh my god you, yeah i don't know if you meant to do that but that's the swag you're talking about of like hey i'm jordan spieth i can do whatever i want okay and, and, real, and real quick so there when when the seattle seahawks were in their prime and russell wilson they were like winning a super bowl everything seemed to go their way they'd get every fumble they'd get every call like it was it was their kind of swag when jordan's rolling well he's got the swag and things like that go his way right he carries that by what two yards i don't know what it was but it was close and like things yeah. go his way and it just it all builds on top of each other and you look up and he's in contention again yeah no That's you're right i've got a, i've got a quick shane lowry factoid can i slide this in hit me so shane shane lowry shoots 68 in round one last time he won professionally well 
I'll say on the PGA Tour. I don't know if he had a European Tour win in there. Uh, Rory opened with 79 and missed the cut. Rory today oh. opens with 79. Probably going to miss the cut. All five of Shane Lowry's professional wins have come when Jordan Spieth was, or uh, when Rory McIlroy was not playing on the weekend. Wow, what so what is won, that? He, like he like Rory like seeds the the Irish stage to him. Well, yeah, kinda. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, so he 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 won the uh, fifteen Bridgestone. Rory Rory was out with a his ankle thing when he was playing soccer. Okay. I, it's kind of weird. I, I started looking it up, and I was like, "Oh, this is bizarre." I have to make a little little note of that for the next couple of yeah. days. That's very interesting. That is yeah, bizarre. Pro- I like that. Pro- producer Jacob wants to know how Seamus Power factors <laughs> into all of this. Everything just revolves around Seamus Power. It's I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, no, I was. Things- yeah. Go ahead. It's awesome. No, I that's I love that. That like these little factoids are the best thing ever. <laughs> Two things, uh, yeah. we've got to do. We've got to do the odds, but real quick, this Victor Hovland stuff. So he got what you, what okay, you were talking about yeah. this morning, which is he hits a shot into I don't know what that par five is because he started on 11. the back. So it was okay, eleven, so it's so it's eleven. So it's his second hole of the day. Hits his approach very clearly, carries the water, uh, but bounces back into it. And he's trying to figure out where it crosses. So they call a rules official. The rules official says, "Okay, he's he's got somebody on the radio who they're looking at it on video." And the guy on the radio, the rules official on the radio goes from, I don't know, I can't see from this angle to it probably hit the bulkhead within 30 seconds. And everyone's standing around wondering, oh my God, they're going to botch this. And they're looking at the video. Well, a couple of things here. One, can't lay like just threw him under the bus. Correct. That, I, right? that was going to be my next point is Cantlay brought that on. Every, Hovland was right the entire time. He knew exactly yeah. where he needed to be. And Cantlay said, let's play it really, really safe and call in a rules official. Well, and, and, uh, and J, because JT was like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I don't, that wasn't his words, but it was essentially like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this would happen. And Hovland and his caddy were, and what was weird was when he first hit the shot, he said, did it cover? And I think his caddy might have, I guess, seen it because caddy was adamant about it that it covered, yes. cleared cleared the the water uh, so that he he would be able to drop on that side. But the whole thing was like, I was like, what are we doing? Like, and and the thing that frustrated me was it feels like there's such inconsistency around. Well, we've got cameras on all of the holes this week, so now we get to look at them, but. There's volunteer. There's more volunteer. There's more people out here, right? This was the that was the whole thing going back to Tory, but it's like this relationship between the rules official and the player is so inconsistent. Because at Tory, it was well, I didn't really see what happened, so just I guess do whatever you're doing with Reed with Patrick Reed, and on this it was like, well, I didn't really see what happened, so just be conservative and play it safe. And you're like, well, this is like the way this is adjudicated is just nonsense. Like there, there has to be. And, and and I think ultimately, and and I think this is, um, this isn't really how it played out. Although it, it kind of was ultimately the player has to just kind of own whatever it is they believe happened. Right. And that's kind of what Hovland was getting at. But then the rules official was pushing him the other way. The whole thing was it, it's really weird, dude. It's not great. It's not a great situation. It's really hard for Hovland to own his decision that he's comfortable with while a rules official is telling him 
something different. And well, it, and that's the he, unintended consequence, right? Correct. Of of always calling in a rules official. And the other thing is, and he, I mean, he took this like, as you can imagine, smiling throughout the whole thing. But when he, when he came across <laughs> that said, uh, I think it hit, it might, it probably hit the bulkhead. Victor Hovland, in the nicest way possible, said, "I'd like, I, I'd be very surprised if that's what happened or something like that." I think he, I think he said, "I find that very hard to believe." <laughs> I find it very hard to believe. <laughs> but then, but then it was like I felt bad for all those guys because it got turned into a huge mess. He makes double. Cantlay and JT were rattled. It was it was not a good situation. And then later on, he gets a, another penalty. Well, he he called the penalty on himself afterwards. Which, yeah, I I, I don't know. It, it's it's an unintended consequence of always having to call in a rules official. That when you're when you you know when you need a when you're confident of what happened yourself because everybody calls in a rules official, you have to go with that even if it doesn't benefit you. Yes, and what he did later was marked his ball to get out of uh, JT's line and moved it to the left, and then instead of moving his mark back to the right, he moved it left again and then putted from there and gets assessed a, a two-shot penalty, goes from making par to making double. So, Yeah, it was – it was, it was, this is what I'm talking about. You just throw these guys out there into this huge championship and just – and. You know, we talk about crazy. It's crazy to us. Probably the broader public is like, I don't, I don't care. But yeah, to us, it's an, it's wild. Sergio Garcia is your betting favorite to close this out. Two shots clear, seven under. He's five and a half to one. Thanks to our friends over at William Hill. Bryson DeChambeau is nine to one. We've got Matthew Fitzpatrick at fourteen. Fitzpatrick played uh, great, by the way. I, I I like that number. You know, we mentioned Colin Morikawa. He's eighteen to one. That's the guy who lost a ton of strokes uh, putting. He he hit a ball from the fairway into the water on sixteen on a par five. That probably doesn't happen again. KP, any numbers on here that you think might be worth an extra? look over the course of the next few hours uh it's probably uh let's see here it's probably more at 18 we already talked about that fitzpatrick is for at 14 is interesting at some point you and i on thursday evening are just finally gonna have to say matthew fitzpatrick's really good at golf and we should start believing in him i know you know yeah he will he will he lost he lost a stroke putting on thursday Yes, he is the um, – so I, I just do a very routine calculation of like, okay, if you hit it as well as you did from tee to green and everyone goes back to their putting baseline, like who can move the most? And the it was Matthew Fitzpatrick because he's such a good putter and he lost yeah. his stroke putting. It's, it, it's like that's a very, very barbaric way of seeing who's kind of underneath their baseline with the flat stick. I think Day at 28 is also interesting. He was – he gained five strokes tee to green and lost two – uh, with his putter and, and he's interesting too. Cause his history here is pretty good. He's obviously one here, but he's had, he's had other performances where he was pretty solid. So I, I don't know. I don't, do I envision Jason day winning this weekend? Mm, not really, but at, at 28, I think that's a, a decent number based on how he played on Thursday. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think we're going to see, uh, especially, I mean, listen, there's probably going to be more carnage out there on Friday. These these odds might flip on their head by the time we do this 24 hours from now. KP, one round in the books. Anything else? We're already over uh, time, so producer Jacob can't say anything. <laughs> Phil, 70, Phil 71, did not see that coming? Nope. I thought JT 71 was was kind of big time. Like, he, he, he had an opportunity to play himself out of it, and he didn't. And yeah. he could shoot 
68 on Friday and, and be in it. Do you think Rory will make the cut? No, no. He's going to have to shoot. So I think the cut's going to be one or two over, and he's at, what, seven? Yeah, no, he, he's, he's going to have to shoot the round of the day tomorrow. I, yeah, I wrote that he'd have to shoot 67 or 68 to make the cut, which yeah. I, the the thing on 18, it's like, what 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 is this? Like, what, what are we know. doing? I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk more about I, it. I thought he was going to shoot 43-29. Sorry. We can that would have been cool. I saw that tweet. I thought I, I that would have gotten me all. That would have gotten me all fired up. That would have been good. That's Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.